So welcome to Mind in America. Again, I am Janet Sheriff. It is a pleasure to be here on Memorial Day 2023. I've uh, got some things I want to talk about um, around the greatest generation ever, um, giving thanks and uh, remembering those who have fallen and those who fought to make us free. Uh, we're also going to talk about healthy communities again. I'm still a little stuck on that one, and I don't think I've said enough. And we're going to talk about national security. Uh, I've got a good example of a project in the United States that has taken forever. It is still not licensed, and the companies have spent $2 billion. Um, so that one's kind of bothering me today. Um, but where to start? Memorial Day, um, very important day in the United States. And again, thank you to everybody who has served. And our hearts are out to families of uh, those who serve. Thinking of everyone today. Um, I've been very fortunate. Um, and I want to talk a bit about my husband, Bill. Um, my husband, Bill, uh, his father, who I didn't get to meet, he passed before I met Bill. Uh, was a navigator on a B-17 during World War II. And he was stationed in England and flew bombing runs uh, over to Germany and came home and started a family and had a successful career. And my husband uh, decided one day when he was much older that he wanted to go and see a B-17 yeah, he was an adult by then, and his father had passed. And he wanted to see a B-17, so he went to an air show, and they were charging $400 uh, a ride to take a ride on a B-17, which his father flew. And so Bill paid $400, and he took a flight, and he said it was incredible. And I've since been on a B-17, and I agree. Um, but when he came off, there, he met a bunch of, of uh, World War II veterans, and they were all at the air show. And, and Bill asked a few of them, why, why aren't you going up on the B-17? And they said that they couldn't afford the $400. So Bill decided at that point that um, there was something fundamentally wrong with this, that the, the people that sacrificed everything for our freedom and sacrificed everything, so we have everything we have today, um, couldn't afford uh, a trip down memory lane on a B-17 many, many years after having uh, worked in one. So Bill decided that he was going to start sponsoring B-17s and bomber group reunions. And together uh, with his lead, because uh, he deserves the credit, we sponsored several reunions. Um, and as the uh, years go on, there's fewer vets. So a lot of the bomber groups started combining. And we sponsored in um, Kalamazoo. Uh, I think the last one was in Savannah. Um, and we brought in B-17s. Um, in Savannah, we brought in B-24s, uh, P-51s. And uh, all of the vets and all of their families were given complete access to uh, ride on all the planes 
And there was only so many that could on the P-51 because they're the little fighter jets that flew uh, safety for the B-17s. Uh, we, we went up numerous times with the vets and their families, and it was an incredible experience. The um, uh, Many of these people are, are so humble. Uh, they told stories about signing up in high school, lying about their age, uh, one gentleman told the story of he had planned to marry his fiance. Uh, they got married. He flew. Uh, they drove across the country to training camp and uh, he left his brand new bride at home while he went off to fight in World War II. They um, are selfless. Uh, they are humble and uh I, I, they're also, they were also quiet and many of the families for the first time heard the stories of what their fathers went through during the war, sitting on those trips. And I, I heard the stories too. Um, one that stuck out in my mind was, uh, one B-17 was shot down and they deployed, they escaped, uh, parachutes came in the one gentleman landed in a farmer's field, uh, broke his leg, and he was trapped there in Germany uh, in the middle of the war. And a farm family found him, and they took him home, and they hid him for the rest of the war. Uh, his leg, they helped mend, uh, but they didn't want him to go to a POW camp. So he stayed there, and uh, once every, it was near the end of the war, uh, once everything quieted down, they... Um, made arrangements for him to get home. And the, the families were so appreciative of, of it. And, and the vets were so appreciative of it. Um, but our belief is that um, they're the one and they, and they were so thankful. And they made such a deal out of out of everything my husband Bill did. And, and he kept telling them, you know, what, I, what I'm doing is nothing. What you did, you gave everything you gave your life and, and your family. And all I'm doing is writing a check, but I'm writing a check because of what you did. And we would all not have the opportunities we have today without this incredible generation of people who gave everything they could to fight tyranny and uh, protect democracy and freedom. So I'm thinking about all those people today, and I'm thinking about them as we talk about a mining economy, because I'm pretty sure that the greatest generation ever did not fight so we could give away all of our opportunity for wealth to other countries when we allow mines to be built there instead of at home. And things really did start to change after um, and I feel many of them are gone now and I'm not sure they necessarily like what we're doing right now. Um, and I think we should honor their memory and try to be, um, a nation that creates wealth from, from mining and bring back jobs and creation of wealth and mines to a country that can benefit from it and also do it to very high standards so 
that that's but let's move on a little bit um I, I want to talk a little bit about healthy communities again and i i don't think i i i think i missed a few things last time and, and we were talking about healthy communities and a, a project in the yukon uh silver zinc mine that's been seven or eight years in in permitting and it really bothered me that much of the comments were unbalanced in the assessment uh, work, which has caused no decision to be made on whether or not the mind is, is, is permitted yet to go back into production. And I say back into production. Um, and, and the part that bothers me is the statements around uh, how taking a community with a median income of $20,000 a person and giving them jobs at 80 is, is going to create problems. And there's problems everywhere. But it's very patronizing that we can say that. Because rural communities do have lower income levels. And they need the work. And a lot of what we're doing by delaying projects or allowing projects to operate in other countries and importing the metals really is hurting rural America. So I'm going to start out a little bit on this next one that I have uh, as an example on healthy communities. And we'll get into domestic security and uh, as part of it. But but the, the project that I, I've picked for today is um, the Resolution Copper Mine. The project uh, is with Rio Tinto. And I believe there's a partnership with BHP and they have spent $2 billion in permitting this mine back into production. And there's that back into production thing again. Um, and it's still in limbo. Now this has been a 26 year project, about half of that in the permitting process and there is no decision. And why I want to talk about healthy communities and this project is there's a community uh, near this mine and it's called Superior, uh, Superior, Arizona. And they um, have a median uh, family income in Superior of $35,000. The median income in Arizona ranges from $66,000 to $198,000. Now, Superior is predominantly blue collar, uh, mostly Hispanic and white. And they, as of last year, had a poverty rate of 20%, and it was an increase of 3% from the year before. So I would say that this is a community that needs some economic activity. And unfortunately, what happens is when you spend $2 billion in permitting, nobody in the community is benefiting. There's no infrastructure being developed. There's no jobs that are blue collar, that are mining jobs, that are high paying. The money is going to consultants, environmental groups, uh, lawyers, lobbyists, accountants, and auditors, all making very good money. So when projects are held up, I'm not really seeing that there's an assessment about how can this project, which has got its challenges, there's some 
I think I think some fair issues that have been tried to be addressed over the years that deal with indigenous lands. But there's a need for this project for a couple of reasons. And I'm only going to talk about two. One is healthy communities. Rural United States needs mines. They need them to come back. They need them to help build back communities that have deteriorating infrastructure and a declining population and an aging population. And they need the tax revenue. The, the, the mine is like three to 500 people. It's it, It's got tax revenue for the, the, the city and the county and the state and the government of the United States and, and employment and businesses. But it's stuck in this process that's been going on for many years. Um, just a, a bit of a brief history. In um, 1995, the copper deposit uh, was discovered. In 20, uh, 2004, Rio Tinto and BHP uh, formed Resolution Copper to explore the deposit. And then it went through some protests and entered the permitting uh, about 2013. They actually looked at land swaps. Uh, President Obama uh, had signed a funding bill that would include a land swap. And, and John McCain of Arizona uh, was pushing for it. Um, it. Cut away to enter 21, where President Trump pushed to get this moving. And then the courts got involved. Um, now in 21, President Biden has blocked the land swap and um, it continues. So there's no shortage of effort being put into this, but there's no decision. And I would argue that I would really like to see people thinking along the lines of healthy communities when they're looking at these projects. And, and that goes for many projects across the United States and Canada. Um, but on national security, there is a shortage of copper coming in the world, and there's much talk about the inability for present levels of production uh, to meet the demand for electric vehicles. And so, so there's a number of factors, but if you think about just copper alone, in 1995, we imported 6% of our copper. Now we import at least 50% of our copper. And we are at the mercy on numerous metals related to national security, uh, this being one of them, from uh, third world countries. And, and a lot of this started and increased when we uh, started doing more trade with China uh, the Cold War ended, you start to see the numbers changing after those types of events. So we need to produce the copper at home and not be held at the mercy of uh, countries that may or may not be our adversaries uh, in the near future. And we need the jobs here. We're in a place where high paying jobs are at a demand. Um, we need our communities back. So how did we get to this point, uh, I guess, is uh, a good question. 
where we're importing 100% of indium, which we need in high tech, manganese, which we need to make steel, titanium, which we need to make steel, tungsten, which we need to make steel, and scandium, which we need to make jets. I was, I was watching the um, recent debt ceiling limit talks and the need for uh, more money for the military, uh, for more jets, and for more uh, ships. Um, but unfortunately, we have seen a shutdown of all but four places where naval shipyards exist. So even if we do have the metals, we don't have the facilities to do a fast ramp up as uh, as needed. Um, there's also a shortage of smelters. Uh, since the 70s, uh, 14 have shut down and one has opened. So we farmed out all of this um, in, in a way that saw us as more of a global economy. And now we need to start thinking about ourselves as things may be changing. Um, started really cheap reliance, uh, reliance on, on cheaper materials. Uh, but now we're at a place where um, that may not be the most important factor. So back to the copper mine, Resolution Copper. Um, this was a previously operating mine. They purchased the, um, the infrastructure and wanted to restart it at the same place, uh, but in very uh, deep drilling that the company had had uh, completed. Um, so what do I think is a solution here? Um, I love to see timelines on these things where you have to actually make a decision. I'd like to see people focused on how we can create some uh, transfer of wealth to uh, the middle class, which is in need of it, who will benefit from these. And, and I'd love to see some priorities placed on domestic production. Um, at the same time, I do acknowledge Indigenous uh, issues on this, um, but it looks to me like people have been trying to find a solution. Um, and, I'd, and I'd like to put timelines on it. I, 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 nothing else. I guess the only other thing is I'm, I, I hear a lot about term limits on politicians. Um, I'd like to see some term limits on some, on some bureaucrats. Um, so these the things don't turn into self-perpetuating jobs that people are making for themselves. Um, I think timelines and um, little empires not being created really would help um, in knowing where the money's coming from for all of this, uh, both on, on uh, support and on opposition. So that's kind of it for today. Um, went a little bit into the national security needs. I do think having your own copper source, which would supply 50% of the country's needs is a huge uh, security issue. And I think that's kind of it for today. Um, keep, let's keep the conversation going. Uh, you can always contact me at jel at janetsheriff.com or on social media. We're, uh, we've got a website. We're doing a blog as well as the podcast. And um, it's been fun talking about this. I'm, I'm still hung up on healthy communities. 
I'll probably bring it up again. Um, but the next one I want to talk about uh, is where did all the mines go? And I think we'll talk more about the numbers of where we've outsourced all of our metals to. And when did this all start? Because I've got my own theory that it started with recycling. But that's just me. Um, thank you again for joining us. And I look forward to next time. Let, let's keep the conversation going.